Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kammer with Down to Earth. It's a podcast in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, it being Sunday morning, we're going to talk a little bit about being anxious and how anxiety has permeated our consciousness, our national consciousness, and even our worldwide international consciousness. I mean, everywhere in the world that you turn, there just seems to be bad news, just bad news. I, I wish the media would tone it down just a little bit just to give us a chance to breathe. I, I know that it is bad. I'm aware that it is bad. But there's one thing I know is that trouble does not last always. I'm going to say that one more time. Trouble does not last always. There is another side to this. And we are going to get onto the other side. It happens to all of us. Just yesterday, I got a phone call from an associate who told me that she tested positive. Now, she is senior, and she's a senior, so we're sending prayers to her because in in the community that they live in, if she tests positive, chances are it could wipe out a number of people in that community because they live communally, right? And we have not spent time thinking about the ramifications of this virus on people who live in assisted living facilities and people who live in communal type sort of activities, especially seniors. So I am aware of how bad it is. But like I said to her on the phone, we've got to hold on to what we believe and hold on to our faith that there is coming after this. And for all the economic forecasts that we have seen, it might take some time for the economy to rebound, but it will. What has happened is that for our health's sake, we shut the economy down. We ground everything to a halt so that most of us can emerge alive out of this. That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. We might disagree with it. And I know a lot of people have a lot to say about it. But I feel that at this time, this was the best decision to make. I also, at this time, want to take some time out to give a shout out to the real MVPs of this crisis the real people, the people who are making it happen, the people who are still delivering packages. Oh my God, can we just stop and just give a shout out to healthcare workers who are sick but still going to work nonetheless? Can we just give a shout out to the delivery truck drivers? All the folks who drive for Amazon and drive for everybody else, they're UPS drivers, they're USPS, they work for the post office, it's the people who work for FedEx, They're still delivering packages because they know that we are dependent on them. Can we just give a shout out to the real heroes, the truck drivers, who are still traveling across the country knowing that the food they're carrying is life-saving. Can we just give a shout out to the folks who work at the grocery stores, the, the people who work at Costco and Sam's Club and all the grocery stores across the country, all the grocery chains. Can we just give a shout out to the folks who work overtime and work overnight to restock shelves so we can feel better? Can we just give a shout Shout out to the cashiers who are touching our credit cards, touching our money, touching our skin, even putting themselves at risk, knowing they're sick. But if they call in sick, nobody else is there to ring us up. Oh my God, they are the real heroes. Can we give a shout out to the nurses and the doctors who have not slept yet? Many of them are working at hospitals and working on two hours of sleep. Can we just give a shout out to them? They're the real MVPs. While you and I get a chance to be quarantined and stay at home and cook and gain weight because that's what's going to happen. I guess we can say goodbye to summer body and hot girl summer is 
gone through the window. It ain't about to happen, right? Because we're eating, we're at home and eating so much more frequently. We wake up at eight and have breakfast at nine, and then we're hungry by 10.30, we have a snack. Then we have lunch. Then by 1.30, 2 o'clock, we're eating the second lunch. Just think about that. We're eating four or five times per day where we know it's about to it's about to blow my mind blow your mind right <laughs> just want us to think about that and we want to just stop and pray for those who have not made it through this crisis here in michigan we've lost eight folks so far to the virus that we know of and i suspect it is going to increase as we go along but I want us all to not be anxious for nothing. See, this morning I'm even wearing nice colors. Look at that. I'm wearing yellows and greens, earth's colors, right? I'm wearing a leopard print so we can simulate being on a safari. Just anything to get yourself encouraged and so on. And tune into podcasts like mine who are keeping you on the front lines and keeping you encouraged while at the same time keeping you informed, but with a measure of responsibility to know that this is something that we're all gonna get through this. Can we just say that we're all in this together and we are gonna get through this. It's important that we understand that. I know many of us can't go to our worship services. I think it's irresponsible of pastors to open up the sanctuary and open up their churches for people to come in. No, you're just doing that to make some money. I wish we would stop thinking along those lines for just a second and think of public health. It is not safe for people to gather in more than groups of 10. The virus spreads exponentially. Stream, learn to stream online. I'm still dismayed that pastors are being defiant and using terms like faith over fear. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but he also gave us common sense. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us a brain to work. And if you watch enough, Forget about what the politicians say. Listen to what the healthcare workers are saying. If the healthcare workers are saying, don't come out, don't go to the emergency room, stay home and quarantine, that's what we should do. So pastors, I'm asking you to responsibly, if you have never thought about streaming, learn to stream. About 10, it's almost 10 years ago now, I went to the pastor of a large church here in the Detroit area and told him that there would come a time when streaming would be the only way to communicate with his congregation. At the time, he had a 6,000-member church. Can you imagine? He looked at me and laughed me through the door. Probably thought I was off my rockers. Where did I think I come from to tell him, great man, that he is, he's king of all that he surveys and so on. He laughed at me. He smirked. (laughs) You can just see that now. Well, here it is. It's you and a ton and an internet connection and a camera that's it learn to communicate with with people right and i guess they made fun of people like me but here we all are we're all in this together and we're gonna get through this together the point is together and we must exercise caution as we go about activities of daily living those activities of daily living have been disrupted Just chill for a minute. They want to hold the virus back. They want to contain it so it doesn't spread any faster to overwhelm the healthcare system. Because when people start feeling really sick, they're gonna do what? Show up at the hospital. When they show up at the hospital, they're gonna encounter other people and make it 10 times worse. 
So it's containable. We are panicking. Be anxious for nothing, right? That's what I want to talk about today. And, and, and for the last week, it's been on heavy on my heart to talk about being anxious for nothing. I know there are plenty of preachers you could have tuned into this morning. God knows. They're doing all kinds of theatrics. They're going to jump and run across the stage. And they're going to stir you up emotionally. Because if they stir you up emotionally, chances are they can get uh, more out of you. They're going to do everything in their power to say that, you know, they held it down for you. But be anxious for nothing. In spite of everything else, be anxious for nothing. When this is over, they're going to go back to their 6,000 seat congregation and they're just going to continue to, you know, run across the stage like a chicken with their heads cut off. And you're going to get excited because it stirs you, because you're emotionally stimulated. But I don't just want you to be emotionally stimulated today. I want you to be intellectually aware so that you can understand how important this is. I want us all to look at history for just a second, for just a few minutes. I'm only going to be here for a few seconds. And I want us all to take some time to look at history. This is not the first time that we have been through this. In a generation ago, people went through typhoid, they went through malaria, they went through the plague, they went through the influenza epidemic. In fact, a lot of people from Europe came to the Americas, came to America because they were escaping the plague in Europe. They eventually brought it here and we survived. We have survived all, we have survived the bubonic plague where hundreds of thousands of people have died. We're still here. We have survived World War One. We have survived World War Two. We have on the brink of World War Three just a few weeks ago in January, right? And we are still here. We survived the stock market crash in 1939. We survived World War Two after that. We survived the Holocaust. 400 years later, the descendants of Africans who came over through uh, human trafficking, mass human trafficking in history, are still here. We have survived. We will survive this and we will get through this. The point is, how will we do that? The story of how we overcome will be one for the history books. I, I see people going crazy buying a toilet paper and I'm asking everybody. I have counted every roll of toilet paper I have bought. I don't usually use that much toilet paper even in a 90 day period. So I want to ask everybody, what does 100 rolls of toilet paper do to you? People go into stores, they and their family members, and each person grabs 10 containers of, of, of toilet paper. We are panicking. We're buying up food or refrigerators and freezers. Some people probably even bought an additional refrigerator. Well, I had to plug in my freezer when I realized that people were just going crazy. I'm like, there won't be any food left in the stores when you need it. That's panic buying. We've been through this before. Folks, this is not our first rodeo. This is the challenge of our generation. Generation X, Generation Y, and Generation Z. This is our challenge. Yes, 9-11 happened, but 9-11 did not result in a complete shutdown of the economy. 9-11 was, was an affront and an attack, but it did not cause the economy to grind to a halt. 9-11 did not kill so many people on the ground. It was confined and contained to one part of the country, and that was it, three parts of the country. In, 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 in Pennsylvania, the Pentagon, and in New York City, that was it. This is a nationwide situation that is attacking anybody in its path. 
we've got to stop and think and I'm afraid that's what we're not doing we're not thinking this through and let me tell you how we know we're not thinking it because we're panicking we're lining up at grocery stores contaminating others we're still not practicing social distancing so the things that we can do to contain it we're not because we're not paying attention to what is most important in other generations past people clung to their faith and what they believe now today we are more cynical and skeptical because we don't believe, we choose not to believe in faith we choose not to believe that faith is a tool that can help us through adversity generations ago faith was one of their greatest tools if the people who conquered america and who went through america they were traveling across the plains they encountered dust bowls they encountered harsh weather conditions and diseases that could have impeded them nonetheless they persevered and continued on they didn't have satellite imagery they didn't have highways they didn't have fancy cars like we have now they had a horse and a buggy and sometimes a train and they laid down train tracks and moved across this great nation to make this nation great come on now we can do better let's rise up this is a great nation built on the backs of strong people and we are forgetting that in this pandemic we're acting oh my god oh my god the sky is falling if you're going to say oh my god you're saying god give me the strength to hold on to what i believe instead we're looking at the situation in front of us one of the things i have observed about life is anytime i find myself in a jam and find myself in a situation i will not come out of it right if i look at the situation the minute i change my perspective and look at the big picture and start looking at life beyond the situation is when i emerge from it we're going to emerge from this damaged and traumatized if we continue to stare at the images of it every day there are more people who are going to die i said this before and i'm going to say it again it is going to happen because it is what it is makes no sense we run from the fact it is going to impact millions of us it is going to impact a lot of people all at the same time people we know people we work with people we talk to people we love it is a disruption in our daily life but here is the good news like every other disruption that has happened in generations before we will overcome we will overcome maybe we need to go back to singing songs like we shall overcome maybe it's time to go kumbaya we've made so much fun and ridiculed and criticized people of faith and people who teach and preach faith that we don't have faith we have nothing to hold on to through this crisis you know what we're holding on to netflix we're holding on to netflix and hulu to take us through this crisis because we have no faith we have lost it we don't know where to turn to well i have news for you there is an app on your phone called the bible download it go to john chapter 1 and read it matter of fact i guarantee you if you download that app right now and you open the bible it's going to give you an answer to a very situation that you're working on right now i guarantee that it will happen we are going to get through this the question is how do we want to emerge broken and traumatized or should we prepare ourselves for the eventuality that when we do get through it we have to restart our economy that's where i'm thinking i am thinking what is going to happen to those jobs that were lost will those employers call people back are those employers going to say well the government gave us a stimulus let's call people back to work 
that's what I'm thinking because we've got to move on. There is a generation after me. My, there's generation Y, there's generation Z and generation alpha. So we've got to teach them how to fight and how to get through this. We can't just sit down and say, oh my God, and turn to Netflix and turn and, and just say, oh my God, well, the sky is falling, it's over. No, we've got to teach them. Here is what it is that you must learn. I find myself saying that to my children. This is the challenge of your generation. When you grow up and when issues of life confront you, you're going to remember this and remember how we went through it and make decisions based on your experience. Maybe this is a call to faith for some of us because maybe we have not thought about how to navigate some of the issues of life. Maybe we've just gone through stuff in life and gone to the bar and taken a drink. Well, the bars are closed. Do you see what I'm saying? The bars are closed. Maybe we used to go to the mall and shop it out. Well, the, ma the malls are closed. Maybe we used to get on a plane and go to another destination, go to a vacation destination and that was it. That's done. Maybe this is a time for us to get back to basics, people, and start reading the word of the scriptures that prevail, that are eternal, that have kept generation after generation through some of the most challenging times in human history. We will overcome and we will get past this. We will get beyond on the other side of this. Be anxious for nothing. I want to take you to Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. And I'm going to read it for you because I think it's important to recognize that while we are going through this, other folks have been through this before, have been through similar stuff, and they're still here. It says quite clearly here, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will keep you, keep your mind at peace. Did you hear that? The peace of God. There comes a time when you encounter something so much bigger than yourselves. This is the challenge of our generation. This is something bigger than us. This is something we can't handle. All the forecast models are saying, get ready for a second wave. They're telling even China, the virus hasn't gone away. Get ready for a second wave. If there's a second wave that is coming, then there it's going to reach here eventually. But in all the forecast models that I have seen, not one of them has told people not to panic. But that's their job. The job of the scriptures is where I go to find my peace. Where are you going to find your peace? It can't be CNN. It can't be MSNBC. It can't be NBC or ABC. They're reporting the news as it happens. They're looking for numbers. They're looking for sensationalism that is going to spike interest for people to keep glued to the TV screens. You want peace at this time, even if you are sick, and especially if you've tested positive, especially if you find yourself in a situation where people around you that you know and love. I read a story on the, on the local news this week about an 80-year-old man whose family found that their dad was so sick by the time they took him to the hospital, he tested positive. They're so shocked. And that my heart went out to them. I could not imagine if that were my parent, how I would feel. They didn't care about the virus. Not that they didn't care about the virus. They were, this is dad. They're like, he's everything to us. He's our whole world and we don't know what we would do without him. He's their peace and their anchor in a world that seems shaky. What is your anchor and your peace? 
I have found that in my lifetime, I have come to know God as my anchor and my peace. When everything else around me is shaking, the word of God is standing there eternally to reassure me that this too shall pass. And I have learned that in the strangest of times, when things were shaking, this is what kept me through. One of the worst periods that I went through was the death of my mother. I still can't say those words, mom and death in the same sentence. You have, if you have ever experienced anything like that, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to quantify and imagine that. But there was a peace that kept me, that kept my mind at peace. It pushed me to focus on something bigger. I developed, a, 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 my foundation was up we were about to get started and then mom got sick and died within a matter of three months, y'all. Can you believe it? Whilst I was traveling across the country, while I was traveling across the state to interview people and to find out and to make connections with stakeholders across the state, in the midst of it, my mother was sick. Most people didn't know unless I asked for prayers. Right? And this is why it's important to reach out. And I kid you not, when my mother died, I still, within two months, I was still talking to people, started the shelter, got the building, started working on getting a group of people to deliver services. We've got to focus on the bigger picture. The bigger picture is how will this look afterwards? We, it will keep your mind and keep you anchored. The problem today is that we don't have an anchor. Our anchor can't be Netflix. Our anchor can't be things that we see because the scriptures say the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are permanent. That's what we need to hold on to. We need to hold on to the things we cannot see. God is eternal. We have never seen God at any time. But the scriptures are eternal and they have been written. When people dispute religious writings, I like to say and look at it like, seriously, you've only been born 20 years, 25, 30, 70 years. And these scriptures predate everyone you are related to. The scriptures have been around for thousands of years. Don't tell me that this is not true. It's been around for thousands of years. <laughs> Don't tell me that the experiences here have not been validated by time. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the truth. They've been validated by time. That's why they're eternal. They have stood the test of time. If you are looking for something to hold on to, download the Bible app on your phone and go to Philippians chapter 4. Read it in its entirety. It will assure you when everything is coming down and they say the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket and this is going to happen. Think on these things. Think on things that are pure and things that are good. Have you ever seen stories of the Titanic? Have you ever watched a movie about the Titanic? That even in the darkest moments when they knew the ship was going down, people went down valiantly. They didn't go down screaming and carrying on. They went down valiantly because you know that there is life. Because you're assured that there is an eternity. Because you're, you understand your place in the universe. Sometimes I look at these young billionaires today and they seem to think that all the money they have made is going to preserve them forever and preserve their lives forever. There's no truth to that. They think if they can find ways and find all kind of cryogenics and all kinds of stuff that can preserve the human body beyond its natural extinction, it doesn't work that way. 
generations have been trying to do that. No, we are organic. We are born according to the Bible says in Ecclesiastes unto everything there is a season. There's a season to be born and there is a season when people die. This is a season, folks. This too will pass. This is going to pass. What are we going to do? What is your plan afterwards? While you're sitting at home today, while you're quarantined, make a plan. If you're going to go out, buy yourself a journal and start writing. Look for, you might have some piece of paper around you somewhere. Start writing on what are you going to do after this? If anything, this pandemic has taught us, it has taught us that we're not as prepared as we thought we were. We might have been prepared for war. We might have the instruments of war down pat. We have all the strategies, all the layouts. They've divided the country into sectors. They planned for war. But this is one war they did not see coming. And it's a war that has taken over the entire world. This virus is real. It's not to be played with. It has left China. It's in Italy, rampaging Italy. And it's now in Spain and Britain doing ravaging right across the European continent. It's over here now. So what are you going to do? You can't be anxious for anything. I know they say they're sending out stimulus checks. Well, our provision comes from God. So we're going to pray to the God of the universe, the president, the, the, state, the, 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 the city council, the mayor, the governor, right? The House of Representatives, the Congress, the Senators. Nobody is above the power of God. We're going to pray that the power of God shall prevail. And before they sign that deal, they're going to make sure every person in America gets that check. They're going to make sure they get a check for the duration of this situation. We're going to pray about it and we're going to believe that that is the story and that's what I'm sticking to. We're going to pray for the peace of God to descend upon us. We need peace. We have got to pray for ourselves. Friends, this is a time for prayer. We have got to believe when we pray. I know it's going to shake you. For some of us, it's going to come close. I got that phone call yesterday. Never in my wildest years did I anticipate getting this phone call yesterday. Someone I'm working with. And here it is, my friends, this is real. This is real. You've got to believe God. You have to believe if God says you're going to live, then you've got to believe that. Be anxious for nothing. If God says your friends and your family are protected, be anxious for nothing. If God says it shall not come nigh thee, be anxious for nothing. The one thing you can't do in this is be anxious because you are going to lose it. The stress and the anxiety will create stresses in your body that will break your immune system down. That's why I've always wondered through the years, why does the Bible say do not fret? Do you know that it says do not fear over 300 times in the Bible? There's got to be a reason for that. Over 300 times it's recorded in the Bible where it says do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Come on, look at us. Do not fear. Look at all of us joined together as a community and a brotherhood this morning and a sisterhood. We're joined together as one. Say it out loud. Do not 
fear. Whatever betides us, do not fear. Whatever comes this week, whatever it's going to be, whatever they're going to say, whatever it's going to happen, do not fear. We have to be strong and valiant. Just like the folks who were on the Titanic, they faced imminent death. They knew their ship was going to go down. But in the midst of all of that, they did not fear. They made sacrifices. They said, those of us who are older, we're going to go down and let the young people live. They sent the women and the children off. Do not fear. Understand if it comes near your brother, your sister, your parents. Understand. Do not fear. I've lived through some of the worst things that I never thought in my wild years when I was growing up as a young girl. I never thought some of the things I lived through that I would live. I thought it was on fear. I was angry. I was mad. This was not how I planned out my life. But I learned that I had to stand unto the unchanging word of God and believe that do not fear. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. At the end of it all, it's going to be nothing. At the end of it all, so what? We can rebuild. We went through a crisis in 2008. We lost homes. We lost businesses. We lost cars. Here we are 10 years later. We can rebuild. Do not fear. You got to be still. You got to be still. You have to sit down and be calm. Do not fear. You look in your bank account and there's zero dollars. Do not fear. You need gas in the car, but you can't work. Do not fear. They're threatening to turn the light off. Call them and beg them. Call your congressman. Call your representative. They will make the phone calls to the light and power company to do not fear. In spite of all of that, you still have life while you have life. There is hope. Here in America, we're so accustomed to so many things that prop us up. We have forgotten how basic life is. That life is this right here. Life is this right here. This is life. We use everything else to propel life. I was watching something on BuzzFeed yesterday. I was searching for a story on BuzzFeed that I, I promised someone I would get back to them with. And while I was searching for the story, there was an article about how celebrities are surviving this crisis. Y'all saw that, right? And I mean, these people are busy saying they're going through hard times, but you live on a 200 acre property. You say you're going through hard times, but they're taking pictures in their enormous living room that is bigger than the whole block. And I'm like, we made them. We contributed to that. They live in their 11,000 square foot mansion because we gave them our money. They're surviving this because we bought their records. We downloaded their music. We streamed their albums. We bought their stuff. And now they can't dip into their pockets and pay workers. How hard is it for them, for celebrities, to dip into their pockets and take money out and pay workers and keep families alive? How hard would it be? So what if Trump decides he's not going to give a stimulus check? What if he says, I ain't going to give anybody in America stimulus check? How hard is it for people who have, we have paid for their lifestyle? How hard is it for them to do that? Do not fear. So they're not going to do it. The government is not going to do it. So you're going to have to do what the rest of us do. We're going to have to do what? We're going to have to hold on to what we believe. I believe this too shall pass. And somehow God is going to work a miracle to keep all of us. If the stimulus check is not going to stimulate, if the celebrities are living and they're not going to stimulate, 
then God will stimulate. We're going to have to sit back and pray to God and just watch how God works it out. He might just use normal people who will just say, hey, I have extra some of this. Do you want some of this? Hey, I can pay your light bill for you. We are going to have to be the ones to stand in the gap. And how we're going to do that, we're going to have to depend on God. That's what a generation ago did. That's what they did. We come from some strong people. We've forgotten our roots. We have forgot what we came from. We got so used to living this fast-paced, ultra-modern lifestyle. We have forgotten how we used to live. Y'all, we have a backyard. I had to tell myself recently that I still have a backyard. I probably still have tomato seeds and so on in the backyard. I probably just need to go back there and stimulate the soil after it gets a little warmer, water the soil a little bit. And I might just have some tomatoes, for. but, but I got to... <laughs> Don't want to mix with the dirt. I, I don't want to do that. I was too busy living hot girl summer life last year. Well, look where we are this year. There'll be no hot girl summer. Amen. It's time to get back to basics. The economy is going to come back. Do you believe that? Let me just tell you right now. It's going to be all right. The economy is coming back. Don't listen to the doomsday predictions. I saw something on my Instagram feed. Y'all saw that, right? Nostradamus predictions that from 1551 Nostradamus predicted that in the year 2020 this was going to happen. Do you know most of Nostradamus's predictions are wrong? This is just another hoax. Ladies and gentlemen, the economy will come back. Right? We've got to think about that. I made some notes notes here for you. Uh There's something as you go through this I want you to think about. While you're hearing the acrimony and the hostility, because they still can't seem to get their act together, understand that the economy is going to come back. I know they're going to show you images of empty malls. Here in, in Metro Detroit, in Oakland County, uh, in, here in Oakland County, they shut the malls down. So people like me who relied on the mall for my self-care regimen on Monday, that's out the window. So come Monday, I'll be walking around my backyard. Pray for me. Stretch your hands out and pray for me. It's my self-care regimen that I had to develop after surviving my mom's death. I kid you not. So I have had to reach deep down inside of me to pull out what I need to survive this. Everything was falling apart. My daughter has her own life, her own plans, both my daughters. My youngest daughter is due to graduate high school in a couple of weeks. Her prom is canceled. She's crying, y'all, over prom. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> right? And she's crying over the fact that she won't be able to graduate and walk across the state. This generation, Generation Z, they have a whole set of memes about how they're going to walk across the stage electronically when their names are called in a group chat. I kid you not. She's crying. She says, the only thing I ask right now is that at least I make it to college. And I'm like, we're going to table that for a discussion, right? This is the challenge of our time. This is the challenge of our generation. And we've got to rise to this challenge. We've got to put the fear down. You know what fear means? Fear is false evidence appearing real. Say it. Fear. F-E-A-R. F, fear. F, false. E, Evidence A appearing and R real false evidence appearing real. That's fear. 
It's false evidence the economy will come back. Didn't it come back after the stock market crash in 1939? Did it not come back after the Korean War? Did it not survive the Vietnam War? Did it not survive the turbulent 70s? Did it survive Reaganomics of the 80s? Did it survive whatever Clinton and Bush were doing? The two bo- the father Bush? And did it not survive 2000 after 9-11? Did it not survive? The economy of this great nation will survive. We're going to lose some. But we're also going to gain something. We're going to gain each other. Those of us who remain, we're going to gain each other. We're going to learn to hold on to one another. We're going to learn that no matter what it is, we have to always put something away for the future. We're going to learn that no matter how small it is, we have to tuck away something. While we're out shopping, always buy a little extra to just tuck away. We're going to learn to be neighborly. We're going to learn to be kind. We're going to learn to be compassionate. We're going to learn to be human. Do you realize that everybody has lost their job? The cleaning lady has lost her job. The guy who does your lawn has lost his job. The guy who cleans your pool has lost his job. Everybody has lost their jobs. And those people, your what you pay them was the difference between life and death. It was the difference between whether they eat or starve. It was the difference between whether they live somewhere or they're out on the streets. Now is a time for those of us with power, with influence to collectively start asking our civic leaders and our elected officials to stand in the gap for people, people who are facing evictions, people who could have homes foreclosed on, people who could have car companies that could go out of business. We need to stand in the gap to make sure people's electricity and running water stay on. Come on now, that's basic, as basic as it can get. What's the point in going to buy everything if they're going to turn the light off and you're going to lose it? Now is the time. What about folks who are disabled and who live alone? They need a stimulus too. They should get a stimulus check. Those people can't go out. They rely on delivery to come to them. They rely on their groceries and everything to be delivered to them. Amazon and that's who built Amazon. We're disabled Americans. They rely on everything to be delivered to them. We need to be kind, compassionate, paid forward, folks. You're out and you're buying gas paid forward. Just don't ask any questions. Just say, I'll take care of that for you. You see people buying stuff just paid forward. It will come back to you. Do good and it multiplies and come back to you. We need to start paying it forward. Be kind, be loving, and be compassionate. Some of you have grown children who are going to call you and come back home because they lost a job. They can't make it. The job is gone. I talked to someone this week whose child was planning to move out and then they told him they better, you better work from home. Well... You can't go renting somewhere now because that's an unstable environment. We talk about children coming home from college. University of Michigan told all students to vacate by dawn tomorrow morning if you live within 600 miles. That's the entire circumference of the Midwest. That's Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. 
Same thing at Michigan State. Same thing at every other college. Now is the time. Do you see what it is? It's a gathering. Coming back home. We need to come back home to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We need to come back home to the God of the Bible who proved himself in the personhood of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not perfect. The Bible says he was. The story as translated may not match up with your idea of perfectionism. You study too much. You try to apply too much to what is basic and true. They told us that the Egyptians built pyramids, didn't they? And they showed us the proof. And you believe it? Believe the story in the Bible. It is what it was. Believe in who was, who is, and who is to come. At this time, we need God more than ever. We're going to go through turbulent, tough times, my friends. We're probably not going to see each other. We're probably, it probably is going to be dark for a little bit. But know this, that God is going to take us through it. And there is life on the other side of this. I only have a few seconds. And I just want to take this time to just leave you with some words of encouragement. To remind all of us that we are in this together. No matter what it is, we are in this together. Yes, some of us might be more prepared than others. For those who have more, share your wealth. I'm calling on people who have more. Whether you're a celebrity or you're just a rich pastor, share your wealth with others. Don't just hoard it all for yourself. Share your wealth. Distribute it. Find a way to deliver it to the people who need it the most. Don't worry about what they do with it. Just give it away. The onus is on you in this moment to prove your humanity. Because do you deserve favor? Do you deserve favor from God? Let me rephrase it. Do you deserve favor and mercy from God? Well, be merciful unto someone else. Give and it shall be given unto you. Give to somebody. Donate to some cause. Give to someone. And if you don't, don't make a big deal about it. Don't go taking pictures. This is, I bought groceries for so many people. So I'm showing the picture. No, this is not what this is about. Call up some organization and say, look, I'm going to pay their light bill and their water bill and their rent. All of you who can do it. The Bible says, if you do it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. A few years ago, I was volunteering in a local church. And after a few weeks of visiting, there was this young woman who just looked like she was lost. She didn't look like she belonged there. I wasn't sure what was going on and I couldn't figure it out. And after a while, I didn't want to figure it out. By the fourth visit, it was October and it was chilly. Anybody knows that it gets chilly in Michigan in October? Anybody knows? And she came in the morning at 10 o'clock and it was chilly that day. It was in the forties and she had on uh, flip flops, and a tank top, you know, a tank top with, with, with spaghetti straps and, and shorts. And I, I, I looked at myself, I had on, my daughter had, had given me her, her pink hoodie that says Spartan across. You, you know, I love Michigan State University and I love, can you just imagine giving me a pink hoodie was like the, the Holy Grail right there. She made my day. Guess what I was wearing that day? The pink hoodie something I valued so much. I looked down at my feet. I had on a pair of boots. My car was parked right out there 
I had like three pairs of boots in my car. I had a coat in my car. And this young woman had on spaghetti straps in 40 degree temperature in Michigan in October. And I took off at the end of the service, I called her. I took off my, my tank, my, my, my hoodie. And I said, walk with me to my car. And she said, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't take from you. I said, yes, you can. I said, allow me to do this. If I don't do this, I won't be blessed. I don't know where in my life I will be, but I will need to be, need to be blessed. Please don't hold up my blessing. I have to do this. And I said, from my car to my house is nothing. I, I'm driving home, so I don't need boots to wear to drive. And I took my boots off and I gave her. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what is required of us in this time. Give unto the least of these. Give unto those who can't do any better. The delivery trucks might stop running. The workers are going to be sick. The workers at the distribution centers are going to be sick. They're working overtime to make sure they deliver as much as they can because they know time will run out on them. It's almost as if we're racing against time. Give and give some more. You have enough. Some of you have a whole basement stacked to the ceiling with canned goods and all kinds of stuff. Start making plans to package it in groups so you can give to others. And just go one day stand on a street corner with groceries and just say, I'm here to give to anybody who needs it. Be an example and share. We are going to get through this. We are going to get on the other side. It's going to be turbulent. It's going to shake the very foundations that we walk on. It's going to shake everything that we believe. But we've got to believe that this too shall pass. We will get through this. All of us. We. We will get through this. Do you hear me? We will get through this. I just want to pray for you and pray with you before you leave. That in the coming days and weeks, God is going to show us who he is. If you call on his name. I'm just going to pray for God to protect us. And that the mighty saving blood as we enter into Passover, we are in the season of Passover. And we are so accustomed to walking into church on Palm Sunday. If this year we can't go to church on Palm Sunday, fear not. If this year Easter is celebrated at home and the Holy Eucharist is celebrated at home, do not be dismayed. Do not fear. Hold on, hold on. God is coming, hold on. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this time that we have together. I pray that you bless each and every one watching. I pray that you surround us with your care. I pray that you shield us with your blood, Jesus. Keep us from viruses and diseases. Keep our minds, Lord God. Heal our bodies, Jesus. Strengthen us in our inner man. Strengthen our bodies in the name of Jesus. Keep our minds, Lord God, so we dwell not on things down here. We dwell not on the things that we see, but focus, O oh God, that there is glory and victory after this, that you will take us through the storm and that we will ride it out in the name of Jesus. And Father God, strengthen us, protect us, rule and abide with us and keep us. One nation, Jesus. 
We are one people under God. We are indivisible. We are one. We are one nation from the White House to the Poor House, from the White House to the hospital, in Congress, in the legislature, in the hospitals, in medical centers, in nursing homes, in school halls. We are one nation under God. In every street corner, we are one people. We are one nation under you, O God. And we lift your name up on high. We lift your name up high above us, O God, as you keep us, as we struggle even in our minds to accept the realities that we see. Father God, we trust you nonetheless, knowing that you will keep us. And Father, I thank you right now that I can say this prayer in total, absolute confidence that you have heard it and you will answer. I thank you for your love on all of us. And I pray for my friends who are watching. Oh God, that you bless them and you give them love in the name of Jesus. Keep their families, keep their hearts, keep us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my friend, Sister Kathy, Lord God Almighty, that you heal her body. I pray for Father Tom, Jesus, and all of them. Lord God, keep them, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we praise you, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. So shall it be unto us. In the name of Jesus, God shall. Bring us the victory through Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. My name is Harriet Kimmick. This has been Sunday Morning with Down to Earth. Thank you so much for joining us. See you tomorrow morning. Be blessed. Stay cool, right? The best is yet to come. Do you believe it? You'd believe it after this. Fear not. Be anxious for nothing. Download the Bible app. Download the Bible app. And go read Philippians chapter 4. And when you're done, still read Psalm 121 daily. Read Philippians chapter 4 because every week it's a season and you need more strength to go through. Well, this week it is Philippians chapter 4 to take you through. Be anxious for nothing. I love you. I love you all. Share this with somebody. Would you share this with someone? Thank you. And be blessed. I mean that. Be blessed. The love of God. The love of God on all of us. The love of God. Just the love of God. The love of God. Share what you have with someone, even if it's just good news, even if it's just to call someone and tell them, I'm here, how you doing? Reach out to people. I, I, I reached out to some folks this week and they were like, man, thank you for checking in on me. I really appreciate it. Do that. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Be blessed, everybody. Be blessed, everybody. Thanks, Facebook. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, be blessed. Thank you so much. Be blessed, everybody.